Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this very special last year of fear episode, we watched Midsummer. Midsummer is a 2019 folk horror film written and directed by Ari Aster. It follows a couple who travel to Northern Europe to visit a rural hometown's fabled Swedish Midsummer Festival. But what begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. Boys, you know what's funny? What? I wonder if from that intro people actually believe we watch Midsummer and not Muppets Haunted Mansion oh, for the second time. We did it! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish. No, nah, we watched. You I watched, watched Midsummer. Yeah. Hand on heart, you you'll be looking at Letterboxd. You can yep. look it up. We're yep. all on there. You will see that these two boys. Yep. I was with them. I witnessed. I witnessed a momentous. I'm proud of you, boys. Look how far we've come. <sighs> Thanks, Tom. Look That's... at this. We're at the end of the year of fear, and you boys have just watched Midsummer, the scariest movie of all time. We've done it. We yep. can't go any higher. I guess we've <laughs> got to start watching some lighter fare from yeah. now. Oh, some fun. Some fun spooks. Yeah. We've crested the hill. Spooks? Did you say? Yeah. Hmm, fun. I like the fun idea. <laughs> <laughs> what about some horny spooks? What if you horny, got horny spooks? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Hey, this movie's horny. Uh, in a, in not, not in a good way. No, no, in a very bad way. I want to I be very clear. Yeah. It's still horny. Not horny for an audience, though. No, no, no. The film itself is horny. Mm, yeah. People within it, horny. Horny. Get a bit horny. Audience, uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> we, we, were, we were just discussing before we started recording, before you came in the room, Sean, that... Mm. Every time I watch this movie, I end I, throughout it. I am so thirsty. Yeah, it, it makes me thirsty. In what way? Me... Sorry, you have to ask that. Oh, not in a horny way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, in a, <laughs> something about. I mean, we're talking about horny. And you're like, oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, Toby's a thirsty boy. Oh, oh yeah. Um, also, you say every time you watch the movie, like during the movie, you told us this is the third time. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Third time you've watched it. I can't believe that. What are Psycho. you doing? To yourself, I, mate? I like it. It's I, a good movie. I respect the film and the filmmaking and everyone yeah. involved in it. I'm probably not going to watch it again. I don't know if I could cop a rewatch. So for you made you thirsty. Uh, if anyone listening, you might be able to tell I've got a bit of a head cold. So I was feeling a bit woozy, a bit off anyway. Feeling that way while watching this movie was an experience. Yes. Like obviously we've got <laughs> we've got so much going on in terms of like all the mushroom scenes where everything gets a bit woozy anyway. And I'm like, is that me or is that the movie? Mm. Um, and then you also have just the brightness of the of the day. It's like. It was so. It was bright to a point where it was like slightly headache-inducing. Yeah. I found. Yeah. yeah. Th- this movie, while watching it, it made me think of when we watched Climax with Joel Dusha. Right. Where I just was like, sort of tense and just feeling like shit the whole yeah. movie. Like I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen next, and was just waiting for more bad stuff to happen. Yeah. Just that sort of unsettling. Oh, I'm very unsettled watching it. It's yes. it's a movie that yeah. It's and as I as I said, to you guys going in, it's not. It's not as scary as you think. No. But it it makes you feel ill. Yes. And also the worst part of it is it's really hard to look away from because it is beautifully shot. Yeah. And the composition of some of those shots and the direction of it is Ari Aster is a is a guy who hates people, I think, but he makes beautiful movies. Mm. Yeah, he makes beautiful movies. I almost like almost wish he wasn't so Broke? Like, what's wrong with you, Ari Aster? Are you okay? Hates people. <laughs> like, is, is he modern Kubrick? I think so, but I don't think he's a cunt. No, but I just mean in terms of technical accomplishment, but perhaps not really. Um, I'm trying to think. I think well, he's, only first... made, he's only made two, he's only made two films. Okay. So yeah. this is the first film of his I've seen, so I shouldn't really be like, he hates people. I right. don't reckon he <laughs> But maybe he kind of does. Not, maybe maybe uh, he doesn't. He's, he's, a, he's technically he's a complicated beast. Very good. He's made yeah, yeah. Hereditary Midsummer. What's his next movie? Uh, there's a movie called... 
It's a short film. Mm. His next his next film is um, Disappointment Boulevard, a decade-spanning portrait of one of the most successful entrepreneurs of all time. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, Patti Lapone, Parker Posey, Amy Ryan, and Nathan Lane. <laughs> that sounds very different from Midsummer and Hereditary. Do they put Nathan Lane in a bear? I, I don't know if they put him in a bear, but it's <laughs> um yeah, it's a comedy drama horror is what it's billed as. Okay, IMDb. so still some horror in there. All right, uh, it's post production. But his other two are, yeah, of course, is of course Hereditary, which is horror, and yeah. uh, Midsummer, which is which is just a feel good hit of the summer. Can I say, let's never watch Hereditary. How many countries would you say our podcast sort of reaches? If you had to just pick off the top it, of your head, uh, it's quite a few. Yeah, would we looked, say hundred countries. Yeah, yeah, that movie's banned in hundred countries, so <laughs> our hands are tied. We can't watch it. I think the day we watch, we've no. said this before, the day we watch Midsummer is the day that this show needs needs to no longer exist because we would hereditary. No you get, yeah, hereditary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What did I say? Midsummer. Yeah. Well, that's the No, but yeah, I, I think Hereditary is is like I haven't even seen Hereditary, and I have no desire. I I can't believe we've we, we've talked at the story of us watching you nearly watching this and me watching this for the first time. Oh, Midsummer. Yeah, it's, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. I'll quickly go over it again. I was with Thomas Reed and our good friend Joel Dusha. And we were seeing Hobbs versus Shaw, which was an incredible time at the cinema. It's like the opposite to yeah, Midsummer. Fantastic in a lot of time. And, and then we got out of there, and I thought, what a perfect day with great friends. Yeah. And then these two knuckleheads were like, Midsummer's on in half an hour. What do you reckon? And I was like, No, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm what not going to spoil this. And also, day. Joel drove me to the cinema, and we went like across the city to get to it. And I'm like, Well, no, I don't want to do this. We sat down to have something to eat, and then they're like, Yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, Oh, for fuck's sake! I typed Midsummer into IMD because I've got the parental guide (laughs) and I had in my mind there was like 200 things in there it's probably not that many but I remember it being a lot and the very first one was characters drink period blood and I just went I'm not doing this. <laughs> so, so I caught public transport home while they watched Midsummer, and right. I watched The Three Musketeers starring Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> there's, there, there's, a, there's a lot in The yeah. Parents Guide. Yeah, like does it say a number? Like how many? It doesn't have a number, no. Yeah, but there's heaps, but, isn't but there? But the, the sex and nudity, violence and gore, alcohol, drugs and smoking, and frightening and intense scenes yeah. are all severe. Yeah, yes. so yeah. like that's what I saw. And this is pre-Scaredy Boys too. so yeah. this is like a very, very scared Sean Carney. So that must have been 2019. Yeah. That's when this came out. It was probably mid to late 2019. Yeah. W- would that Sean Carney have ever believed just in three years you'd be watching it? No, I would have thought I'd never watch it. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that unreal? Yeah. What this podcast has done to you, It's mate. a disgrace. I'm so and, sorry. Uh, it must I'm so be killed. Sorry. And I'm... You guys didn't realise while I was talking, I put you both in bear suits. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm, out out of here. Here. I'm out of here. Well, I can't move. Good. I'm going <laughs> out the way I went in, in a bear suit. Yeah. <laughs> Hereditary seems like the kind of movie we would watch if we ever went on a road trip to the haunted Pilliger area. Oh, yeah. And then, like, we just sat around a campfire at night and watched it on a laptop and died. <laughs> that... That that's honestly sounds awful. Yeah. Well, that's just not not because of the movie choice, but watching a movie on a laptop outside just feels like <laughs> such a shit way to do something. Yeah. Do you think it would still have an effect on you if the three of us had just huddled around a single laptop screen? It would have a worse effect. Think about it. If you're in right. the Pilliger with a oh, I mean, yeah, only location. Yeah. The only light is a campfire. Which hey, maybe we can light a campfire. <laughs> and the laptop yeah, light. Does, do any of you guys know how to light a campfire? Because I, I don't. Do yeah. No. Damon, I have faith. Damon, I can do it. Don't worry. I can have a crack. Yeah, you can have a go. I believe in me. We're all fire boys at heart. Yeah, yeah. We love it. We love the flame. Yeah, we crave the flame. Do you love the flame in this movie? Love's a strong word. What is like? I I like it and enjoy it. and I think it's well made and and I'll, the flame I'll, or the movie. The movie. Yeah, um, you love it. It's a five star Tom. Ray it is Tom. a five star, and I you know it's a five yeah. star film. You've watched um, the director's cut of it. I've watched the director's cut. Yeah, somehow longer. Yeah. About thirty minutes of extra stuff. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. But what did what did you guys think? Because we know what I think. How did yeah. you guys go? What was? Tell me about your midsummer experiences, boys. We'll do. All right. I like I said, it made me feel sick. Uh, or sicker because I'm a little bit sick already. But nauseous definitely, is a good, it added. Yeah. yeah, nauseous is definitely a word I would attribute to this movie. Um, but I did really enjoy it. I thought it was, I think, like you said, incredibly skillfully, craftfully made. The acting, which we'll get into in a minute, outstanding, beautiful. I think story, like it's so interesting. We've talked about this when I think when we did the Moloch episode. Like folk horror in its core is such an fascinating like it is a it's the kind of movie you can't look away from where so many other horrors you want to look away i never wanted to look away even when it got real bad i still didn't want to look away and, and it got bad and it got bad yeah, yeah. And part of that is the direction like you said it's a gorgeous film he's got a great eye um but also it's the, it is the subject matter and it's even just that it's in 
complete daylight all the time. Like there's so much, there's so much visually to see on the screen and take in where obviously usually horror is about the dark spaces and, you know, it's the fear of what could come out of it because this is so beautifully lit and everything is so gorgeous. And it is like that, that spoiled apple effect of this beautiful piece of fruit, but something's wrong at the heart of it. Yeah. I found myself really transfixed by it. And I do, I do find like the culty folk horror stuff. So fascinating. There is, I, I don't know why they're fascinating, but there is something so, I don't know. Like, is there an appeal to it? Like, is there an appeal to joining the cult? I think they're the most interesting subgenre we've watched on the show. I agree, sure. dude. Cult yeah. stuff. Like, look at the ones we've watched this year. Like, Moloch, fascinating cult stuff. Mm. Even Incantation, the whole cult around that. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's what's what 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 is interesting for an audience about cults and and that that kind of weird culty folk horror stuff is impenetrable rules and rituals yeah. and mythologies that. You only get 90 minutes or two hours, depending mm. on how long the film yeah. is. That's all you get of it. Yeah. Like, there are things you finish Midsummer and you go, I don't understand half of what they believe. I don't know what their belief system <laughs> yeah. is. No, no. It's just, it's that impenetrable mystery of the reason you keep looking is you you want to get all the information. And I think Ariasta does a really great job in building a cult that feels it's, you know very what? real. It's a different way of doing the fear of the unknown. Like, the whole thing with mm. Jaws where, like, you're scared of it because you don't see the shark for so much of the yep, movie. Yep. It's just like that. You don't understand exactly what they're doing. And even there are times when we're watching, like, these folk stuff where it's like, oh, I think I know where this is leading. Mm. And then often it doesn't. It goes yeah, a much yeah. more fucked way. Yes. And it does it with a smile. And I think that's another part of the, the unknown element is that you get this the face of it. And the face is actually quite lovely. <laughs> it's yeah. like there's a warmth to it, like yeah. we talked about in the Moloch episode. There is, like, the community aspect I yeah. actually feel like yeah that's cool obviously fucking it looks beautiful like yeah. the countryside in this movie and it does just feel like oh everyone's like it's a bit weird but it's everyone's having a good time what's the yeah. harm you know until all of a sudden oh that's the harm mm. oh okay the 72 year olds have to jump off of, onto a rock <laughs> okay we found the harm with the smile that's the that's the part mm. of it isn't it because it's just and that's the other side to it is that all the people in the cult Believe in what they're doing. That's it. It's just like, yeah. well, yes, on this might look fucked, mm. but we're happy and we're smiling because, well, this is our way of life. Yeah. This is just the way it is. You're an outsider. You wouldn't understand. Mm. It's that, that woman, uh, Siv, says, yeah. and when it's this my was turn, a joyous I, will, experience. I will take to it with Drive. great joy. Yeah. Or and even like, oh. the volunteers who yeah. choose to fill out the nine. Like, yep. that's to, for us, like that yeah. is ludicrous. But yeah, they're not just doing it to outsiders, which yeah. I think is a really important element to this yes. to this movie. Where it's balance. There is, yeah, it's a balance to yeah. it. Where like for um, Wicker Man, obviously it's just about outsiders. it's about a virgin, but it is about the outsider ultimately. Mm. Where for this one, I think yeah, there's I I think I found an appeal in like no, they fully are in. They're brought all the way in. There's- yeah. Well, Moloch's the same. It's specifically not an outsider. It is someone right, in the family who yeah. follows that lineage. And even and even that last bit to complete the nine as part of that final awful sacrifice. It's a choice. Mm. It, it could be the outsider, or mm. she could just as easily choose the May Queen. Could just as yeah, easily choose yeah. someone from the cult to do it. Yeah. In most circumstances, she probably would pick someone from within the cult. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the her boyfriend. Biggest cunt in the world. <laughs> Unfortunately, she's just been treated appallingly. Yeah. For, yeah. Let's that stuff. Yeah. And I think that's where the appeal of it is: is that if you didn't have characters that you could care about, yeah. or, or invested in what they were doing, or hate, or or even hate, this mm. movie is a mm. really hard watch. Yeah. Even if actually, I will say, even if it was just characters you hated, movie would be a hard watch still because there'd be no one. You'd just be waiting for them to die. They just can't be a middle of the road character. No. It's yeah. either Florence, who you really like and you invest with, or her boyfriend, who is the opposite and just a fucking. I asshole. agree. I think that's a good point you brought up I think some of the weaker horror movies we've seen is like their characters like we feel so nothing for yep. that we're just waiting for them to die yep. so we can just get through this fucking movie and then you're not scared because you don't invest I think we talked about this a lot but part of it is your fear is fueled by the fear of the character yep. unless it's a movie like The Woman in Black where Daniel Radcliffe's <laughs> just bodying the whole thing <laughs> just like this uh, yeah. <laughs> but because we're so like Florence plays this so, like, openly, emotionally. Yes, yeah. She's that Brilliant. you can't not invest. And, Tom, you often talk about Samara Weaving in Ready yeah. or Not, where yeah. you have, you know, eight seconds to fall in love with her. Mm. And you said to us while watching this, you're going to spend the next two and a half hours falling in love with Florence. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. And you it's do, just, yeah. She, she's on another level to oh, everyone mate. else in this movie. She's just yeah. one of those actors. Yeah. She's a Samara Weaving. She's better. I agree. Yeah. I, I looked up after this movie... To see if she was nominated for any, she wasn't. Mm, right? Yeah, because it's because a horror, horror movie yeah. and Oscars hate it. She is hands down looking at movies that came out and that, and that looking at that year for films. 
Like, so Frances McDormand won for Nomadland. Oh, Huge yeah. choice. Sure. She's very good. Yeah. I think Florence is better than she is mm. in Midsummer. Mm. Florence didn't even get, didn't even get a look yeah, at Yeah, uh, you know, when it comes to awards, though, it's always like, those two movies you just mentioned, they're so different. It's like oh, they yeah, are. Yeah. art versus art. It's it's ridiculous. But I, it is frustrating, I know, that like horror stuff does not get recognised. Like oh, we've sure. talked about a lot. Lupita for um for us. Us, yeah. Like, how the, the fuck does that not win every single award that exists? Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. One of the big criticisms I often see in thrown at the Academy and we've never seen it is is Tony Collette's performance in Hereditary. Right. People are like, You should have given her an award. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. I, I've been too scared to get involved in that online conversation <laughs> yeah. for fear of learning anything about it. Correct, or seeing a clip. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, she just, there's a bit, I, I, was, I was saying this to my partner who also mm. enjoys the film, and we're talking about that there's some horrific things in it, hammer to the face, people being set on fire. Yeah. For me, the most awful part of the whole, whole movie yeah. that makes me feel ill every time it happens is the bit after her parents have died and mm. she's on the couch with her boyfriend in a ball. Yeah. The noises she is making oh. triggers the like an animal part of your brain yeah. to be like, this is the worst. It's the audio version of grief. Well, it's yeah, just yeah, fucked. it's incredible because it, it they do the sound of the sound is really good, but that moment in particular I made a note on where you kind of have this like bagpipey kind of sound that also kind of sounds like a car horn going, yeah. and we're seeing uh, that as we watch them the the exhaust pipe from the car leading up into the house of her parents and her sister. That awful shot of her sister with the pipe in pipe her mouth, out, just terrible. And then it sort of goes from this, yeah bagpipey car horn sound and it kind of blends into her wailing yeah. like this gut like guttural just pure pain and it you are 100 percent right time because it triggers something in you that yeah. is impossible to turn off it, i imagine it's like if your baby's crying and you have to go to them where there's something about her the sound she is making in that moment that sounds like pure torment like absolute torment and you as a human being you can't you can't not react to it. And of course, there's nothing you can do but just no. sit and body it. It's interesting to have that at the start too and have him sitting there sort of, I would say, almost emotionless, just sort of doing yeah. his patting her on the back sort of thing. And oh, then to have that outpouring of grief again later where mm. she's surrounded by the women and yes. they all just align yes. and merge they join her and go through it together. Yeah, like that's interesting yeah. to see. That's, that's, that's one of the things that I love about this movie is that scene mm. where there is that the whole movie, the, on, the, the only thing that Danny's character, Danny needs as a character, mm. is someone who's empathetic to her. Yes. Just one person. And no one in her, like, no one in that support network is. Christian doesn't love her and oh, hasn't loved God. her for a year and can't love her anymore. Christian doesn't love anyone but himself. No, correct. Mm. Like, None of his friends like her except Pele. He's the only friend mm. of hers who's, who's kind. He's the only one who says, I'm sorry about what happened. He's, he's kind to her. He remembers he her, her birthday. He remembers her birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, yes, he has ulterior. Well, you know what? I actually don't think he has ulterior motives. You spend a lot of the movie thinking he does, but then mm. by the end of it, maybe you think, well... He just wants her to be, have a family. That's when he, he, His version of my community will actually embrace you and make you feel better. Yep. So for him, it's like, I'm doing you a good... I'm doing yeah, a good what thing. was his line? Like, I've never not held. I've ne- yeah, I've always felt held. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're with Christian, do you feel held? Does he feel like home to you? Yeah. Right. And he's getting quite emotional when he's telling her that. He doesn't try to crack, come on to her no. or anything. No. He kisses her later, but I think it's just a. It's more it, of a. I think well it's done. more of a celebration mm-hmm. weird thing that they do. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. Yeah, when I first saw it, you think, oh, has he got an ulterior motive? I think in his own fucked up weird way, he's like, you would, this will help you. Yeah. Because it helped me. Yeah. I know exactly what you're going through. And this is the thing. The only, the only, if Christian had showed any empathy to her at any point, he'd mm. probably still be alive. She gets basically, though, the, the extreme. She gets yeah. empathy to the point where they are, they are, Copying her and mirroring mm, her yeah. pain and masking, it's like masking, amplified, amplifying empathy. it. Yeah, yeah, going through it with. They're her, all yeah. breathing together. They're screaming together. There's that final great shot of the two of them, like inches away, roaring into one another's faces. Mm. It's actually the ultimate act of listening to somebody. Yes, mm. because they have to listen to her to, to mimic and to go through that same experience with her. It's an yep. interesting sort of. I'd love to know thing. like the actual experience of those women going through that. So I did read one thing where Florence was saying like. She actually, you wouldn't know it. She's like, she says something about like how crying isn't isn't the easiest thing for her to do when she's nonstop crying this whole movie, yeah. and not just like one type of crying. She's doing all the types of yep. crying. Yeah. But anyway, and she was talking about how she, that scene because everyone was like in sync, like it actually made it easy for her, like yeah. in that moment, like she, and you can you can tell, like again, it's, it's there's this guttural roaring from her, mm. and they're all matching it, but she is like you do feel that she's the one, she's the heart of this pain, which she yeah. obviously is. It's incredible acting by everybody. Mm. Like Florence is so good in this that I think, yeah, a lot of people won't get the, the spotlight yeah. given to them, but like they kind of all should. They're all fucking awesome. I, I got to agree, yeah. She I, was like 22. Yeah. 
when she is something else. She's incredible. Just while we're on Florence, before we move on, because I do want to talk about Christian's character, but. The scene where I was already like on board, like you said, Tom, you're falling in love with her very quickly. It's she's she's done the literally right at the start. She's done the phone call to the parents. We see them in bed going, hmm, they look not as alive as people should. And then it's the phone call to Christian for the first time. And we don't see him at all. We're just getting his and we're seeing her face and the way like the every little micro expression on her face is is drilling into us exactly how she's feeling. But then her voice that she's delivering in the phone sounds composed. She's trying to like, you know, try. we know what she needs from him. We know she's not willing to ask for it. And we even quickly get why she's not willing to ask for it. And it's just this multi-layered thing. And it's even a great, like, it, even like obviously Ari Aster trusts her in that moment because we hold on that, on her for yeah. a, a long time. Yeah. That's a long moment of just that one shot, just holding on her and it, her face delivering everything it needs to. Mm. And yeah, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Well, if this is what we're getting, I yeah. guess I'm going to yeah. enjoy this movie. She, she's yeah, she's a fucking freight train. Yeah. She is, she's powerful. Yep. I'm, she's so good. She made a movie that sucks, Black Widow, good. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, some actors are so good they transcend bad material. They do. Mm. She is one of them. I mean, we, I haven't seen it, but you're hearing that about Don't Worry, Darling, which sounds yeah. like the worst movie. I'm of sure all she time. acts the hell out of everybody. Yeah, yeah except for yeah. Chris Pine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, she, yeah, she's she's a force, and I think the movie would feel so much meaner mm. if it didn't have this weird heart to it, which she is. Mm. Yeah. And I think I actually take back what I say. I don't think Ari Aster hates people. Mm. I think he wants them to succeed, but he knows they. Want. <laughs> that's, oh, interesting. Well, that's interesting yeah 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 because if he hated people yeah danny wouldn't be the character that she is i i gotta agree i think i was worried and Pele wouldn't be the character that he is yep that's a good call um yeah i was worried going to this movie that i would that it was just going to be brutal to its characters and it wouldn't have any kind because obviously obviously we know plenty about it in terms of people's reactions to it and everything like that and I think, yeah, for me, I went in really worried that that was going to be my experience. I would walk away going, okay, but what was the point? Yeah. Why did any of this happen? And I think it probably could have even gone deeper on that, if I'm perfectly honest, on the, on the theme side of things. Where it really, obviously, it's still a horror movie and it's doing a lot to sort of make you uncomfortable. But I'm so glad we did have her character there going through that and having having those moments of heart coming from her and having those moments of empathy with her because I never didn't feel empathetic for her. Like every scene she's in, she's she's beautiful. Like you just feel for her and you kind of pity her even a little bit because she obviously needs to just stand up for herself, which she obviously eventually does by the end. But it needed that needed that character at the heart of it. Do you want to burn a total stranger or your shit boyfriend <laughs> who you saw, not only, not only has he treated you like shit for most of your relationship, yeah. But also, he was fucking this girl. <laughs> I love that uh, my girlfriend who watched it with us was like, who's she going to choose? And it's like, mate, the choice is no choice There is at no all. choice at <laughs> all. Choice, the choice is made in the first 10 minutes of the film when she says, I love you on the phone, and mm. there's a one-second pause, and he sighs, and yeah. then he says it. Yeah. Mm. And you're like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> and then she says it again, yeah. just before they yeah. hang up, and he does not say it. No. no. Yeah. Get, Cunt. Get in the bear, bud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, you had a great call where like through, many times throughout this movie – when she's sort of by his side and he says something that's cooked or dumb or obvious, like, and then she kind of just looks up at him with this, like, what are you saying now? Sort of thing. And you're like, yeah, get it, girl. you got to understand. This guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> Fuck. The idea that, like, it's one of those jokes that Midsummer has become like a, yeah, you, you get it, girl, kind of joke mm. thing, which is very fucking funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, here's the thing. She's smiling at the end of the movie. Mm. She's not okay. No. <laughs> no, one, no. She's not okay. Yeah. But maybe she will be. Maybe the cop will embrace yeah. her i don't know i don't know man yeah. the movie finishes with her smiling so yeah. just on, it's not a good smile <laughs> just on christian too there's a, a cool thing they do often in the movie with the like with the blocking i mm. guess where he'll say something and he'll end up being further apart from the yeah, person yeah yeah happens quite often that's yeah. interesting i like stuff like that and there was that great shot too damo where the girl puts the period drink down for yep. him yeah and you very quickly were like ah his drink is a different color to everyone yeah, else's yep. that's fucked but it's a long shot mm. and it's this great filmmaking really where that that drink stays in the center of the frame. Yeah, we the get this sort of through. we get this pan uh, from left and then back again. Yeah, and at no point does it leave the center of the frame. That is great. Yeah, I he's, love. That he's good. Shit. You've seen the Mad Max stuff, right? Yeah, the yeah, Fury yeah, Road. yeah. I don't know if you've seen this one, Damo, mm. where it's like the cinematography is very planned. In that, there's obviously that's a different shot to this one in Midsummer. Yeah, the action's really you know hyper and right. there's lots of cuts and yeah. everything. But in every cut. 
the central thing stays in the center of the frame. Oh, the so action's always in the middle. The action is always in the middle. Oh, I love that. And most movies just don't do it because yeah, they're not yeah. um, competent enough, I suppose, to do it. Well, mm. it's it takes crazy dedication. Like there's oh, that, sure. there's that great on the Mad Max one. There's that great video where they just like show Mad Max like really fast. Yeah, and the outside changes, but it just feels like the middle morphs like mm. a different shape because it's cause it's, it's actually central. incredible because so the cool. amount of like action movies you'll watch where it's like I'll just like say like a Transformers or like mm. Quantum of Solace. The Bond movie was particularly shit at this. Yeah. There'd be like 30 cuts a minute and your eyes would be darting all over the screen and you end up just not connecting with anything. But no, in, no. In Fury Road, it's like you, you never really have to move around because all the important info stays yeah, yeah. where it is. And Ari Aster's pretty good with that, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the, like, for that beat of obviously we they they don't hide the pube fact that no. it's a pube pie yeah it's a pube pie and they are uh, they hit that one on the head but for the drink they keep it in frame yeah. and like and again so it's just saying here's the important information yeah and they're letting you figure it out obviously yeah, yeah it's a slightly darker color we've seen that artwork well that's it they never explicitly have a thing where they any any character talks about that ritual mm. they just have two characters go what's this over here and then he's like oh I'll come and show you and then the camera just tracks them moving yeah. and as it tracks them it goes past a, a drawing of this mm love spell yeah so yeah. we get every piece of information we could possibly need mm. just from that it's clean and it's sort of symmetrical in a way that one of you said when we we're watching it, it feels kind of like a wes anderson mm. sort of film so yeah the most fucked wes anderson which, film is, of all time. which is a high praise i think for filmmaking i agree that's just like beautiful yeah. to look at but again it's like it's something every filmmaker should strive for it's it's that show don't tell if you can tell it visually instead of in dialogue do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, we get that love spell. And then even then they go the next step of just showing us the next pieces of the puzzle. Of yeah. The girl is enacting the love spell on him now. Yeah. yeah. No, there, and, there's, and, there's, and even the dialogue is quite economical. Mm. No one's really explaining anything. You learn so much about Christian by just scenes where he's talking. Yeah. And just the way he talks and immediately throws people under the bus. And yeah. like, so there's that bit where he asks, he says, I want to ask, actually, I want to tell you mm. that I'm doing my research project yeah. here. Yeah. And then when later, when um, he comes to Pele and Pele says, you've got permission. Mm. He says, but you have to do it together. He says, oh yeah, I've already said that I'm okay with yeah. that. It's like, that's not your choice to no, be okay no, with no, that. No, 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 no. And even yeah. you learn a lot by like the, what people say to him and his reaction to it. Like yeah. when she comes up and goes, oh, he left the the, the British guy left, mm. and he's kind of like, "Oh, that's terrible." And then immediately just back to, "Oh, yeah. I've got a question Speaking about incest." Couples, actually, yeah. Yeah. and her look on her face, like, "But, but they were in love." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, that great line of hers where she's like, "It sounds like something you would do," and he just doesn't say anything. Yeah, because he knows she's right. Yeah, but yeah. he would, I think, be shocked too because he's probably like, "She never speaks to me like that." Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on here? His little perfect world is crumbling. Yeah, around. yeah, he's, he's such a he's fucker. such a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, you said Tom. Every time you watch it, he gets worse. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. On the first watch, he's oh, shit. He's bad. He's, yeah. he, it's one of those things where it feels like I forget how much. Like it's the little things. Like so, there's that bit where he forgets her birthday. And then the excuse he gives is, I got confused because of the daylight. I mm. thought it was still yesterday, which is a, it's a shit excuse, but you could believe that. Mm. However, early on in the film, when she asks him, is it yesterday? He says, yeah, from tomorrow's perspective. He yeah. knows it's the next he day. He knows exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where he, he realizes it's the next, yeah. he realizes it's the next day. Yeah. And he's cognizant of that fact. Mm. And the only reason he does something is because Pele organizes it for him. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and like it's such a great portrayal of that type of character where obviously he's this gaslighting piece of shit and I think it's done it really really well where it's believable and you're like Florence why aren't you fucking pushing back but I also like that like I said before he's not just doing it to her like this is the arrogance of this kind of character where they kind of think they can just sort of bully and convince people of their point of view and like I'm sure we've all met people like this in real life yeah. and it's that scene with William Harper Jackson where he says basically I'm stealing your thesis and he calls him out he's like the boldness of it like it's it's actually transparent what you're doing and that's the thing it's like it's not that he's being clever or subtle or anything like that. It's just like, it's so bold that no normal, rational, empathetic person would choose to do these yeah. actions. So then the people who are normal and rational and empathetic kind of like bow to it because they're like, well, clearly I must be in the wrong because no one would actually be that brassy yeah. to just sort of bully their way in like that. But for these type of people, that's exactly, they just sort of rewrite history and then sort of force it on, on those around them. Yeah. I like that he challenges him. He's kind of like, this is what I'm passionate about. Mm. Go and find your own thing that you yeah, actually care yeah. about. And it's like, oh, there is nothing. And he, and he also says exactly what it is. It's just laziness. Yeah. It's just him going, oh, that's an opportunity. Great. It's, but also that's that's inherently who he is. He's lazy, yeah. right? So he has, as much as Mark is a dumb fuck, mm. 
Mark says to him in that first scene, you, you, you've wanted to break up with her for a year. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. not something that's just happened. He's a lazy coward. Yeah. yeah. And then and then the uh, Josh is like, yeah, you don't, you like this drama because it means you don't have to concentrate on the fact that you're not doing... Like, he's just a lazy fuckhead. Yeah. And she knows that he doesn't want to be with her anymore. Mm. She has that conversation with her friend and her friend's like, he's a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah, go and that. find a nice Swedish boy <laughs> who will... Treat you like the May Queen yeah. and set your ex-boyfriend on fire in a bed costume. <laughs> yeah. We'll hold you. He'll hold you. He'll yeah. hold you. Find find yourself some girlfriends who will sympathy cry with you. <laughs> sympathy sob. Yeah. Sympathy yeah. wail. Wail, yeah. <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Boy. Boys, were we scared? Yeah. yeah. It's unsettling. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked. Well, like, there's obviously the fear Sean and I have carried for years. Big. Since, since you first looked at the parental warning. That's a heavy burden, Tom. Yeah. I know, mate. Heavy. I'm pr- Again, I, I am genuinely proud of both mm. of you. So heavy is the May Queen crown. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a I'd, lot of flowers. <laughs> I'd like to say that we had we had planned this from the start for our year three, that we were always going to finish with Midsummer because it would give us more credit than we're due. <laughs> well, obviously we started with our fake out of Muppets Haunted Mansion. We faked out that it was that we were doing Very scary, that classic. Movie. Got you all. That was literally just a gag. We did it in the moment we decided that on the day. And then about probably slightly even halfway after, halfway through the year of fear, I had this revelation where I'm like Oh, we have to watch Midsummer. That that is the ultimate way to finish the year of fear. We started it with this dumb fake out. If we actually finish it with Midsummer, it's the year of fear. We have to do this. Yeah. And then I kind of came to you boys and I just said, "Ah, oh, so I've made this. I had this revelation. We have to do Midsummer." And I said, "Yeah, yeah of course." You're like, "Well, that's what I'd say the whole time." <laughs> I can't remember what I said. I've, I probably blacked out with rage. No, no, you probably <laughs> said, "Yeah, no worries." 28, 29, 30. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, obviously there's a lot of fear leading up to it. And then the type of fear watching it, like you you said at the start, Tom, it's not a scary movie in the way like a supernatural one is or where there's like those dark places. No, there'd be one jump scare and that's the phone ringing at the very start. Yeah. Of the film. That's yeah. the biggest jolt. Yes. And everyone I think went, oh. oh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the only jump scare of the movie. And part of that's just the shock of hearing a landline again. Yeah. I'm not used to that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Even like even the spooky shit they show, like there's that bit where she runs into that uh, bathroom shack mm. uh, on, the, on the mushrooms and there's just that flicker of her sister's face behind oh, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, like, another film that would jump out at her. And that yeah, it's weird. It doesn't feel like a jump scare. It just feels like a creepy lingering thing that's just there, there for there's, one second. I reckon she's showing her mindset, yeah. I think. Yeah. If I went on Where's the Jump, 
dot com, the website mm. that tells you. That, um, you know what? I'm gonna look up Midsummer Jump Scare. Okay. Right now. Yeah, I reckon there'd be low. less than five things. Yeah, yeah, like. I agree. But I think for me, that's what actually that's what leads into the unsettlingness of this movie, and it's a hundred percent. Uh, the setting and the perpetual sunlight. Yeah. I, I think it's so cleverly... I, I, it's a great concept of like, hey, make a horror movie where it's always daytime. Yeah. But I actually think there's a deeper level to it where there's like... They say this this thing early on about the midnight sun and straight away you're like, for us at least, that's unnatural. Mm. A midnight sun is an unnatural thing. There's something off about it. There's something wrong about it. So straight away that's leading into this whole community that even though it seems normal, there's something off about it, something wrong about it. And then even just the, that that brightness of it. And it, at times it looks idyllic and beautiful. And then it feels like they're just slowly ramping up the brightness to the point where all of a sudden it's it's glaring and it's like, yeah, yeah you're getting that nauseous feeling starting to sink in. It looks beautiful, but there's always just that the, the, the layer is going to peel off slightly and, ah, there's the fucked thing. There it is. I yeah. would have preferred it to have jump scares. Because <laughs> yeah. what it is is two and a half hours is sort of just like unrelenting tension. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't even. We normally have that the darkness, and then oh, and it's daytime. We can have a breath, mm. and sort of, yeah, get our shit together a little bit. But this just doesn't have that. It's no. just there's there's no brightness, safety, and like you said, sometimes far too bright. There yeah. is no safety net at all in this movie. It's just like at any point for two and a half hours, I just sat there tense, and mm. just been like, what fucked thing is going to happen next? Yeah. And then when it came, generally felt oh a little bit sick right now. Like yeah. we had a mountain of snacks in front of us. Heaps. Had to be very selective about when I was eating those <laughs> snacks. I'm a pe- I must be a piece of shit. I, I ate a lot of snacks. <laughs> I had to get rid of my sandwich before the movie started. And then you were just sitting there with your plate, with your sandwich, like, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I got a second roll. Let's I go. made a second one. Sorry, roll. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has a one star on where's the jump. Because uh, it's only got, yeah. according to that, yeah. three minor scares that aren't really scares. Yeah, yeah. but that makes sense. And yet, I think you would find people who were like, this is one of the scariest movies mm-hmm. I've seen, just because of the fucking vibe of it. Yeah. yeah. The vibe's off the chain. And it's like, obviously, the vibe's big time when horrible things are being shown on screen. Like, obviously, the first one we see, to me, is the sister with the pipe in her mouth. The way it's duct taped to her mouth is yeah. so horrific. And the and, build up to that scene, though. Just the, oh, slow, yeah. like, the, the fire guys coming through the um, garage, up yeah. the stairs, parents' yeah. room, it's all taped up. You're like, oh, Fuck, and then you see that shot. Even just the tension of of her trying to get in contact with it. We have quite a few beats before we finally get the resolve. And we kind of already think we know what's happened, but we don't know know what's happened. Really clever little sort of opening uh, sequence there. You've got the horrific shot you mentioned of the sister taped Mm. to her mouth. And then the camera just keeps going. And then four unread emails. And it's like, man, if she'd read one of those emails, maybe something would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a brutal opening. But that's the thing is that- Did she say she wasn't answering her phone? Yeah. Mm. No one was answering the phone either. Yeah. (laughs) Emailing someone. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, because I think she'd emailed her. I'm not so checking she... that till Monday morning. No, I know. <laughs> um, it's one of those things, though, with it is it's like that's that's what two minutes in that mm. whole thing starts, and you don't really get a break until the credits. So there's mm. there's two minutes of this movie of a moment where you can breathe properly, yeah. even like just normal scenes, like that scene where they're just driving Do you mean to that the. You can breathe for the two minutes before it happens. Yes, because nah, you can't because already you're on it. No, so yeah. you know what? There's I not a moment. Twenty four logo, and I'm like, yeah. Oh, what what are we, we in for? Yeah. What are we doing? It's true. Fuck. So there's actually not. And she's already not distressed. She's yeah. already distressed in that two minutes where mm. she's like, "What's going on with my family? What the fuck?" No, you can't breathe, Tom. A breathless film. Yeah. Five stars. I don't know about that. No breaths. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's that scene you were saying where they're coming into... Uh, yeah, which, which should just be an innocuous scene, but it's so unsettling because the camera's like, hey, I'm just going to do this, but I'm going to be upside down. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great shot. It's great. Like It's obviously like saying, hey, your world's getting literally yeah, turned upside fantastic. down. But visually, it's like, it's very... We saw it in... Um, Climax, yeah. where they did a similar thing. But Sean, your partner even said, she's like, this is making me feel dizzy. Yeah. And it really does. Like, it's it's weirdly effective. I'm surprised we don't see it more often mm. because part of you wants to turn your head, but you can't turn your head upside she down. She started turning her head, so don't do it to yourself. It's going to make yourself sick. <laughs> yeah. It's really effective. And yeah. it, like, it looks it looks interesting yeah. and it generally has the effect it should. It's, it's unsettling. Yeah. And then the other thing is like, between all the genuinely horrific, gory, upsetting parts is just the constant thread of of the setting and the the cult and the rituals they're all doing and like all those things where again on the surface they seem okay like white clean linens but then there's something off about white clean linens everywhere yeah. and all the flowers everywhere yeah. it's even just the little things like there's so many just weird things happening in the background that you just net like there's a bit at some point where they've got like a, a wooden horse mm. and they're chanting and they're chanting and that's not even the, that's just a thing happening in the background people are having an argument in yeah. the foreground and then one of them just chops the horse in half and that's the mm. end of that little 
ritual yep. and you're like, what the fuck was that? Yeah. 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 What's going on there? Yeah. Like, I didn't even pay attention to that. I was locked into the argument and then I hear see all this wood collapse and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? What did on? I miss? Yeah. 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 <laughs> So just really cleverly done, like, and this again is leads into the direction is that there's just always something sort of at play around them, whether it's it's a visual or if it's um, audio. There's something you're aware of that again is like not unnatural in itself, but unnatural for us. We're not yeah. used to this chanting. We're not used to these rituals taking place around us, and so of course it's just this heightens that unsettlingness until we get something horrific. But like we said, it's not a jump scare. So there's not the relief still. Yeah. You're still stuck in it. Like two and are, a half hours of wrongness. Yeah. Yeah. Did our characters act wisely or foolishly? I'll tell you who acted like a fuckhead. <laughs> I guess. 72-year-old man who decided to do a pin drop <laughs> off a cliff. That's what part of the ritual. Head? No, but do what the woman did. Jump off head first. So your no, head no, no, is no, no. destroyed He's got to go that way so they can hit him in the head four times with a hammer. It's, is that part of it? Yes. They, I thought the hammer's there as like, a, oh, yeah, I thought in case a something fucks up, here's the backup. Yeah. No, no, no. Because the four of them get up there and they each I've, bonk him. They do a few well, bonks. He's dead after the first one. But Bonk the, is a generous term. Yeah, the four of them bonk him? Yes. Yeah, they Four do. of them get up and take turns bonking him. Because you're like, stop bonking. He's already been bonked. There's no more bonking necessary. I don't know necessary. if it's part of the ritual. I just think he's a fuckhead. No, I think it's part of the ritual. I did love that. Why did he have to do it? Oh, this whole movie is so upsetting. But the, the most worked up I got was Sean judging this man's technique. I just thought it was himself. insane. Like, if you're going to commit to killing yourself, this joyous thing that you want, you're happy to do, right? Go ahead and first into that rock. Yeah. The, yeah, the shot from above where she looks up and you see oh, what she's yeah. jumping down into. That's fucked. Mm. That's I literally great camera work. Yeah, I literally felt like again, yeah, my head's a bit swimmy anyway. But I was a bit like, whoa, a bit of vertigo yeah. all of a sudden. Because suddenly know. you see what they're going to hit, rather yeah. than the ground itself. It's yeah. another fucked rock. I just yeah. can't believe he pin dropped off. And it's it's such a good lead up to that as well, where they really, really continually put us in the shoes of, of Florence and Co. I guess, but mostly Florence. Where we talked about this when we were watching it, but like for the subtitles, sometimes you get the Swedish subtitles, sometimes not. Yeah, and it's obviously because yeah, mostly we're not understanding. They're not understanding. Yeah. So we're not understanding. Yeah. But even the lead up to this, to the ritual and them throwing themselves off the off the cliff, where we know something's going to happen because they talk about it, but William Harper Jackson's character is a bit coy about what it actually is. So we know there's something. And then Florence even asks, is it scary? She actually uses the phrase, is it scary? To kind yeah. of go, yep, but yeah. you're not going to know. <laughs> and then, yeah, but we're still following along and it really does feel like we're with them in the crowd going, okay, something's happening and I'm feeling a bit off here, but... I don't know what it is, so I guess I'll just keep watching and wait for whatever it is yeah. to happen. And it's, I, th- I think it's fairly obvious they're going to jump off a cliff. Right, but then part of you is like, but are they just going to jump? Yeah. Like, sure, like, probably, yes, it's a horror movie, it's it's Midsummer, but, but... It's more gruesome than you think. Yeah. And especially, you know, you see the jump and you're like, that was fucked, and then boom, close up of a crushed skull. Well, you even when like, she hits, you see enough to see that the face kind of gets flayed upwards. Yeah, it's fucked. It's awful. And then when he does his stupid jump and they have to you know, the bonk him in the head, yeah, they show a close-up again of the bonk and it's disgusting. Yeah. This, the second bonk got me even more than the first yeah. bonk because you're like, you're just hitting wet mush. It's, oh. it's really, it's yuck. It's revolting. It's yuck. It truly is. So I was just reading it, doing some detective work. About so bonking? The, no, no, no. Well, about that ritual. So okay. apparently there was rumours that that was a ritual that was practised in like Iceland and Scandinavia, but oh. it's, I, I think it's largely a myth. Right. Which was basically that they would kill or the or the elderly in the village over a certain age would sacrifice themselves to help keep the village young and, mm. and, and efficient because the older you are, the more you have to be cared for. Yeah. And I, I think it was born out of an idea rather than it actually being a thing that interesting that really happened yeah um, so yeah interesting that it is based on and that's why his reaction is they're not actually going to do an actual one are they yeah, he's like okay. it's pretty actual <laughs> yeah, yeah it is yeah Shit. did they act wisely so the london fella yeah like that is someone's culture and their ritual mm. i know you're scared and disgusted by mm. it keep your fucking mouth shut yeah, yeah. don't be yeah. like don't, don't tell him not to jump escape. Yeah. yeah don't be like sir don't do it it's like mate stand back stay quiet and at your first chance escape quietly. yeah well, almost like they're all watching him. Yeah. Now's your chance. Like, just go. Yeah. Just slowly start you walking could, back. You could get the fuck. Well, you probably maybe couldn't get away, but like, still the, the way he, he knew he wanted to get out. Yeah. He did. He went about it really badly. Just kept yelling "fucked" over and over yeah. again. He, yeah. he abused them. Basically, he was like, "You're all fucked. Yeah. Fuck all of you." And yeah. It's like, mate, what do you think's gonna happen now? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. You, the only person who survives is the only person who Embraces. just quietly goes along with it. Yeah. In terms of acting wisely or foolishly, Mark, dumb fuck, don't piss, don't piss on that tree. Oh, he's a fucking moron. Oh, he's a moron from day one. Just go one. piss in the woods. Right? Yeah. Don't, he's in the middle of everybody. Yeah. You're getting your dick out in front of kids. Yeah. To be honest, the death he copped was not, you know, it didn't 
justify that. He should have got more, basically. <laughs> I think more than getting Sean, skinned, more than being Sean, skinned like a fool, skinned the fool. and having his dick worn by somebody else. The implication, though, is that he is skinned alive. Oh. Yeah. Make it worse. <laughs> no, no, fuck. What, yeah, be, no. be paralyzed in a bear suit and slowly burning? Yeah. Uh, that is easier than being skinned alive. No, it's not. No, I think it is. What, Sean, okay, the thing that always fucks me up with that scene is he's mm. paralyzed, so he can't scream or do anything. Yeah. So he's just sitting there, like, staring out on fire. Yeah. The other two guys that are in there are screaming in agony, and they've been given something to numb the pain. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't have that. He just can't scream. Yeah. He's, he can't move, but he his, can feel everything. His death is awful. But, like, I think it's pretty comparable to, to being skinned alive. Oh, it's not good. Neither are great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say one's probably worse than the other. No, no one has a good death in this. Mm. No. no. They really don't. But, yeah, all, all of... Sorry, all of the yeah. American boys. All of... Everyone makes dumb choices. And, honestly, they get what's coming to them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the most part, i got to agree. Like, I, I kind of do, like... Here's, here's something I wanted to ask you guys. So, obviously, for, like, um, for Will Poulter's character, yeah, pisses on the tree, he's the fool, so he gets skinned like a fool. For William Harper Jackson character, they told him, you know, let's take photos of the book. He took photos of the book, so he gets punished for it. Yep. Would they have got killed regardless, or did they only get killed because they did those things? Great they pro- question. Probably would have been pushed forward at the end as like a choice, wouldn't they? That to be I, I X. That to be a certain number. Well, there has to be nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think they assume. My gut feel is that Pele. Because he gets rewarded and they say for your unclouded intuition. My gut feel right. is that Pele picked them knowing... Does that he they not a- like them? I don't think he does. I think mm. he just... Yeah, I don't think... He, I definitely don't think he likes um, Christian. Christian. No, I think he picks them knowing that they will all... I think the disappointment one is... is so for um for Ingmar, mm. I think he's disappointed that the people he picked... Although, although actually, you get, the, you get the idea that he picked them because he's bitter that... 100%. Well, I think yeah, 100%. he wanted to kill the guy... Because he's in love with the girl. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was well done too. Um, so yeah, I think Pele picks the people knowing that they're going to make those choices. Right. He can see the flaws. In and them. he's like, "I'm." That's why he says to Florence, "I'm so glad you're coming," because yeah. he's like, "You can be the May Queen." Yeah. And that's why he gets to wear that fun green hat at the end. Yeah. I, he's a good I, boy. I, I think if you if 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 you just go there and you participate and you are actively and you're happy to be a part of the cult, mm. you probably don't get killed. But. If they ask for you to volunteer, you might be like, yeah, I volunteer. Or you might get p- be put forward as yeah. one of the two one options. One of the two options. And then yeah. you've got to take your fate, right? In yeah. regard to Danny, do you think she's, she stays there now? That she might be able to leave? Yeah, I think she's there yeah. forever. Right? 100% she's not leaving. Yeah. Um, that's a family. No, she's got a family now. Well, yeah, I think to me- She's being held. Yeah. That's the, the, that's the theme of it. And I, I liked how they hit that note a few times. There was one point where they even talk about how raising the raising the kids. Mm. Um, everyone raises it Babies here raised by everyone. And you can see sort of there's like this look on her face of like the idea that, oh, I could have more than just the parents I had and the sister I had who obviously let her down so terribly. Yeah. And the idea of having this wider family and still having family. Like they really hit the family thing so many times throughout. Like it's yeah. very clear what it is she needs. And then yet you can't. For all their faults, and they've got lots of them, this cult uh, love each other. The way they're like holding each other's head at the starts and embracing, and like, and how happy they are to see one. How happy they are to see each other. You're like, oh, that's kind of sweet. So it's intense, yeah. but it's sweet. Look, cults are bad, but I think if you and I, this it's might all lead about in, perspective. I think this might lead into <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> Sean. From within the cult, Tom, cults are still bad. From within, though, happy ending. True. What I was about to bring up does mm. dovetail into mm. the, the last question. Yeah. What are we going to do? Yeah. And it's just, if you follow the rules, you may get burnt, but you end up just being part of the cult. If you also follow the rules and keep your head down, the ability for you to try to sneak away, greater. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. The ability for you to get out, huge. So, what would we do? We go on it, boys. We're joining a cult. And then when we hit a certain age, we get to go on our pilgrimage to the Ooh, outside. Yes. Oh, yes. You know what we're doing, boys? Never coming back. What age is the pilgrimage? Uh, between eighteen to thirty-six. Yeah. Oh, but I mean, we're, it's when you're still a kid, we've been brought in though, mm, late from the outside. Yeah, I don't already if, within that age. Range. I don't know if we get a pilgrimage. I don't know if we get the pilgrimage. We've already had it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, in that case, we just bide our time until we. We're gonna oh. keep our heads down until we can steal that van. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We we become the delivery boys for uh for the cult, and we um we deliver nothing. We escape. Yeah. I wonder if that would promote us to delivery boys. And then you oh we we'd be so good at being in that cult. The only downside is. We might like it. We might get tricked. What if we? What if someone casts a love spell on us? We're eating pie one day, and then a few pubes fall out. Like, uh oh, I guess I'm in love now. Mm, I didn't realize my juice was a bit redder than everyone else's. You can't fight a pube pie. You can't fight you a can't pube pie. Fight a pube pie. I'd put a pube in a pie for the two of you because I love you both. Oh, buddy, to make us fall in love with you. Yeah, you don't need to, mate. We we already love Aww. you, bud. Thanks, guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> love without the pubes. That's the dream. <laughs> no, I'm pubes and all boys. No, I think I think if we just keep our head down, yeah. we don't go, this is fucked. And just yeah. quietly we'll be like, this is pretty fucked. We'll oh, between the three of us, we can be like, boys, this is real fucked. This is real fucked. Yeah. Where's the nearest town? We don't really get an idea of that, do we? It's, it's a four-hour drive. Yeah, they drove for four hours. Yeah. yeah. And they walked into the last bit. I mean, the train station's only 25 minutes away. Uh, it's the train station, yeah. Bullshit. But they must they, they must go into town for things. Yeah, true. Because um, they have a they have a truck. Yeah, and yeah. they 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 are part of society. It, it makes me think that they don't. I don't necessarily think they just all live there. Mm. Is that a place where they've come to for the celebration? Oh, you think? I think it's a bit of both. I think they live in that area, and yeah. I think there's like a village. Yeah, we too. don't get a clear idea on that, but no. a lot of infrastructure there at the very least. Yes. Yeah. So look, I think I think. Uh, I don't remember seeing a toilet. <laughs> well, she used one when she was freaking out, but she that was on the outskirts she of, stand at of the, the bath, town. like in a mirror. Yeah, in a bathroom toilet. Yeah, I see a toilet. Well, I assume there was a toilet in there. I didn't see a shower. Show what us the, the toilet, Ariasta. Yeah. What Ari are you Asta, afraid of, Ari? I want to see a character doing a massive shit. Yes. Like in Halloween 2018. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Christian was doing a shit the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the look on his Towards face. Yeah. yeah, but no, I reckon, boys, heads, boys. heads down. Yeah. Heads down, can't yeah. lose. Yeah. Wearing those linens, wearing them proud. We all would look great in linen, I think. Uh, look, I can't, I can't disagree. I Can we escape on foot? Do you think four hours is huge? It is. Is escaping on foot an option, or do we go for <sighs> the van? I think, I think eventually we need to be a van, or yeah. if we get to go on a pilgrimage, we just don't come back. We just got to keep our head down. Yeah. Until head then, down. just enjoy being held. Yeah. Enjoy yeah. being home. <sighs> now, last question: Who would be the May Queen out of the three of us? Tom. Tommy boy, I I'm the May Queen. Yeah, thanks, boys. You look yeah. great I'm in the flower crown. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. I've been the May Queen. And if you scaredy listeners would like to email us, you can at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually. I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from Fifty Five. I'm at Awkward Trade. And thanks for joining us in this year of fear. We have two more episodes left for the year: uh, our Christmas episode and a year in review. It's been a massive year, boys. I just want to say excellent job by the three of us. We mostly kept up the scares the whole way through. We did. I think we did. I'm proud of us. Next year, year of horn, baby. Oh, Jesus. Peen on screen. (laughs) Peen on screen. Peen on screen. (laughs) Stay scared, everyone. Can't fight a pube pie. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.